This is the Aftermarket Radio Network. Hey, Carm Capriato, Remarkable Results Radio. Another great interview coming at you. Don't forget, everyone, the majority of our podcasts are available on our YouTube channel. Believe it or not, search for Carm Capriato. Please subscribe. We're on all podcast listening apps also. Usually always audio and video now to satisfy your uptake preference. So I've got a great guest today. Let me introduce him. Lance Wiggins, Executive Director of ATRA. Hi, Carm. Yeah, thanks for having me. Your shop's future is in your hands. Accomplish more by starting now. That's the motto of Repair Shop of Tomorrow, a Napa Auto Care exclusively endorsed vendor. RSOT is helping shops all over the nation run a more profitable business by utilizing best practice marketing and coaching. Interested in Repair Shop of Tomorrow? Call 440-545-1230 for a free 20-minute no-obligation consultation. Lance, so glad to have you here. The Automatic Transmission Rebuilders Association. We talk engines and we talk ADAS and we talk all this stuff. And typically my listener is in the engine diag business. But you know what? A very big majority of my audience, Lance, are shop owners. And I'll bet you transmissions come into those shops. Oh, absolutely. I'll tell you this, Carm, there is no difference between diagnosing a transmission and an engine these days. It's the same thing. There's Plenty of modules. Every scan tool will talk to as many modules as you'd like. The scan tools will talk to engine. They'll talk to transmission. Transmission talks to engine. Engine talks to transmission. It's virtually so integrated now that I would venture to say that every shop that does anything automotive is touching some portion of the transmission at one point in time or the other. Yeah, you were telling me that transmissions move fluid just like fuel injectors do. Scott Shotton is one of our speakers at Expo, and I'm sure you've heard of Scott before. He's been at Vision. and Yeah, we were talking one time about one of the classes that he was going to do for Expo, and I said, listen, if you can relate a fuel injector and a pulse width modulated force motor or a, a solenoid that raises and lowers pressure in the transmission, it's the same thing. It's identical. It has a millisecond, spits out as much uh, fluid as it's being asked to do. There's frequencies behind it. You can measure it with a, with a scope. All of these different things that you can do, it virtually looks the same if you look at it on a scope as compared to looking at it as in some digital form as well. So When you can relate that transmission operation with engine operation, I think it just becomes a lot easier for people to understand transmissions. Don't get me wrong. Transmissions are very difficult and you'll hear hundreds and thousands of guys going, nope, not going to touch them. You know, I'll replace them, I'll repair them, but I'm not going to get into the rebuilds of them. You got to be very curious to know why the transmission is doing what it's doing in order to be a transmission specialist, right? Well, the same thing happened when you were getting into engines and motors. And a lot of the guys that that are in my age, you know, so I'm 52 years old and I've been around the block for a while. I've been started when I was 17, a guy that was changing oil and tires and brakes and so on and so forth. But when you start getting interested in the builds and interested in the diagnostics, that's when things really blossom and some of the hardest problems you end up fixing because you're curious enough to want to know exactly what that fix is. And so that's how I got to the transmission industry. And that's how a lot of guys right now, a lot of shops are getting into transmissions because the engine portion of it and the engine diagnostics are kind of become the same. People come in and say, listen, I've got a drivability problem. And guess what? It's not. It's actually a transmission problem or 
vice versa. People come in with transmission problems and it's not, it's actually a drivability problem. So knowing and having that skill level to cross between the two really elevates you as a shop, elevates you as a technician, brings you more customers, more money. Life becomes really good after that. You were telling me as we were uh, talking on the phone, you got to keep customers cradled to grave. And everything I'm hearing you just say brings credence to that statement. But there are so many people that just don't want to touch transmissions and send it down to their buddy down the road. And that's okay too. I mean, we have 2,500 shops worldwide. We're the only trade association for the transmission industry in the world. We cater to that person. But we have in recent years seen a rise of automotive shops touching transmissions and either replacing them with a reman or diagnosing them and then getting to a point to where maybe it might be internal and they send it to their ATRA shop or send it to another transmission shop. And we would encourage that. You know, we encourage our shops to have relationships with, with automotive shops, specifically automotive specialty shops and transmission specialty shops. There is something that is important to the customer, right? And even though we are a transmission specialty organization, we have come to to realize that the powertrain industry, which is our powertrain expo, or the powertrain industry is really bumper to bumper. All of our technicians that work in our hotline cover everything from from rear diff to to the front diff. If you have a problem with, with the vehicle, we can handle it. And that's where I think the correlation between the, the shops are, are becoming a little bit more, not as complex as they used to be, but they're taking care of the customer from cradle to grave. As mentioned, you know, they when the customer comes in, they don't want to let the customer go. Back some 15 years ago, if, if a customer came into an automotive shop and they determined it was a transmission, they had really one of two choices. They can replace the transmission, which they chose sometimes not to do, or give it to a transmission shop to take care of. Well, by doing that, they lost their customer technically. So now what happens is what we see is a customer comes into a shop. If they decide that they're going to get it fixed, they'll just let the customer know how much it's going to be, send it to the specialty shop, specialty shop brings it back, vehicle goes away. And Bob's Automotive or Lance's Automotive is the one that took care of the customer from cradle to grave. Same goes with transmission shops. A lot of transmission shops, they don't do engine-related issues. If there's something that a misfire or mass airflow or some fuel trim situation where it's or catalytic converter, for that matter, they may diagnose it as an engine-related issue, send it to an engine repair or an engine specialist, to drivability specialist, to diagnose it, fix it, bring it back, and then transmission shop is the one that took care of the customer from cradle to grave. So there seems to be more commonality in that the way that shops are running themselves today, as opposed to what they were, you know, they've evolved and they really want to take care of the customer from head to toe. And I think that's just part of our mantra as part of our policy. This is what we do on a daily basis as well. It's interesting about that symbiotic relationship that automotive shops and transmission shops have together. Yet you're saying don't be bashful don't be afraid to go out and get the training that could be really important in the diagnostics of the engine by getting the transmission training and when i first started with atr back in 1999 i was a ford master technician knew everything from bumper to bumper the the only class that i did not take was the l1 which is for my smog test right 
But with that said, 190 some classes later, I'm able to understand things a little bit different than, than a lot of other guys do because, or gals, because they may not have had that type of training. So I, I encourage training. I encourage training with my staff. I encourage training with every single technician that I talk with, especially the young guys when you see them. We were at Vision. I think I met you there at Vision. And, and I saw there was a few, we probably had maybe a hundred guys and gals that came by that were in their mid twenties. And the voice that I wanted to leave them with in their ear was get training, continue your training, go to classes like that, understand how engine operation works, understand how transmission operation works, because what's going to happen eventually is you're going to get really good at understanding a vehicle that comes in with a concern and you're going to know, you're going to be able to just instinctively know where that problem lies and what area it's in, whether it's ignition related or fuel related or valve body or solenoid related, fluid related. You know, there's three different aspects. There's hydraulics, there's mechanical, and then there's fluids, right? Or ignition. So you have to have those three things. If, if you have a, a good general understanding of how that works, the fundamentals, you can pretty much diagnose anything on the planet Earth, really. ATRA established in 1954. Wow, that's a long time ago. Yeah, 1954, two handshakes. You know, we have our magazine, Gears Magazine, for the powertrain industry. And as the executive director, I get to write every single month. So I'm doing a, an article, kind of a series on our chapters. And in that, I'm getting a ton of history. I mean, tons of history. Explain to me chapters. So what a chapter is, is it's a small a band of shops. They're affiliates of ATRA. They are part of ATRA. And what we do is we encourage those shops to get together once a month. It could be a couple of times. As long as you're getting together and talking shop, it's a good thing. Typically, it happens at, at our local or regional seminars. But get together, talk about some of the things that are happening in their area and bring those back to ATRA and allow us to address some of those concerns. You know, if you've got uh, vehicles up in the Northeast, as opposed to vehicles in Southern California, you're talking two different vehicles. That's the way it is. Here in Texas, you know, we're in San Antonio, Texas. It's truck country down here. You don't see a lot of vehicles and what, and what small cars you do see are very far and few between. So it's just a different parts of the world that have different problems with vehicles. And as an association, we are kind of in charge of making sure that we know every one of those vehicles that you're dealing with. And so as a chapter, what that does is they put on their training seminars, they have different events, they have fundraisers like the Ronald McDonald Drive or Wounded Warriors. They get together, they talk shop, they bring some information back to us and allows us to then grow as an association, as well as give them opportunities and ideas to go out to the community, sponsor baseball, soccer, football, some stuff like that, and uh, kind of bring some awareness to ATRE and the Automatic Transmission Rebuilders Association as a whole. Lance, how many chapters do you have throughout the country or world? Our largest chapter, actually, I'm doing an article on that, is the Rocky Mountain chapter. It spans 1,700 miles from the Canadian border to the Mexican border, from Idaho northern idaho to new mexico and it has uh utah montana denver in it you more classify that as a regional chapter rather than if it was a chicago or a new york city type one yeah so we also have smaller ones we also have like our arizona chapter which is mainly phoenix 
And then we have a bunch of other different chapters. I think there's about 14 that we have currently. Okay. So they're kind of led by some of the transmission shop leaders or owners in the area. And do you ever get a chance to fly out and speak to them? Yep, absolutely. We have our chapter meeting every year at Expo. So we get a chance to sit down and talk with them about some of the things that we're planning on doing or address some of the concerns they may have. We also see them when we go to our seminars. We have 28 seminars every year. While we're at the seminars, the chapters are there doing registration, talking to the audience, talking to the attendees. And then we have a one-on-one conversation with them to find out you know, if there's anything that they need from us, what can we do to help them, and what are some of the concerns that they're, they happen to be dealing with at this time. NAP is proud to have America's largest network of parts and care with nearly 6,000 auto parts stores and over 18,000 auto care centers. In that spirit, the NAP Auto Parts and Auto Care logos have a new look, carefully designed to be visually alike. This will further cement NAPA as the place to go for consumers when in need of vehicle maintenance. Now, did you know NAPA Auto Care was top rated in a national survey by consumers of car repair in the chains and independent repair shops category? These ratings were based on courtesy, timeliness, quality, price of repair, and percent of times the problem was fixed on the first visit to the repair facility. Napa Auto Care is the only banner program to make these ratings. Consumers are familiar with the Napa Auto Care brand, and you can benefit from their continued success. Your independent repair facility can join this network and be supported through Napa's national marketing by... Promoting your local repair facility with targeted media in local markets and in proven channels, allowing you to compete with a national presence by co-branding your locally known brand with the nationally recognized NAPA brand using the Pro Image Auto Care program. Also, partnering with NAPA Smart Sign. Now, it educates your clients with engaging videos that tell the why behind a needed repair or service. You also get access to editable digital menu boards, template builder tools, social media feeds, and integrations with other auto care program elements. NAPA also offers a credit solution to customers with NAPA Easy Pay consumer financing with your business name embossed on the credit card. NAPA also gives you an online presence when the consumers search for a local repair facility on NAPA Online using the Auto Care Locator tool, which generates millions of views per month at no additional cost. From parts to care, from coast to coast, we are one NAPA. Now, if you're interested in partnering with NAPA Auto Care and capitalizing on the latest national marketing campaign, contact your servicing NAPA Auto Parts store or sales rep. You talk training, 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 expo, 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 supplier relationships, and did I mention training, training, training? I'm so damn impressed that you realize that it's happening at the fastest pace ever and that you need to bring in not only all the transmission specialists, but recruit people into the industry, but also embrace all the mechanical repair places. Yeah. You know, there's philosophies, right? There's core values that people have. And one of the things that, that I instill into our staff is we have to be caring. We have to be curious. Every shop that we deal with, you know, Dennis Madden was the, is our CEO emeritus. He was my boss for a very long time. And he, shared with me something that stuck with me. He said, he said, every time I took a call, I took a call as if it was the first call, first time I've heard that problem. So you, you treat every person as if it's the first opportunity to talk to them. You know, that relationship building is massive and you underestimate the power of the relationship a lot. And a lot of people, they don't understand that. Well, 
if you're comfortable going into a training session, you're comfortable with your your the speaker going in and listening to what they have, you're going to absorb that a lot better than you are if it reminds you of the ninth grade in your calculus class, right? <laughs> it's just different, right? And so what we try to do is we try to, all my speakers, all the speakers that we bring in, we try to have like-minded training professionals that are open, that are fun, they're loose, and you can just have a relationship with them. You're not feared of raising your hand and asking a question because you think it's going to be a stupid question. Well, I guarantee you that that one question that you're going to ask, there's 15 other people in the room have the same exact question. And if you don't ask it, nobody's ever going to have the answer to that. And then you're going to want, you're going to wonder, and you might call later on, but you're the only person that got the answer to that. We want to be as global as possible. So when we do our training events, a lot of times we have built in Q&A, right? So we have questions that, that we have, or we have problems that we bring up. And then we ask the guys on the other hand, hey, in situations like this, what's your diagnostic routine? And we'll call on a few people and then we'll work through it. And that in itself, just having a one-on-one -on -one with someone in a classroom with 100 people or 200 or 250, man, you're really touching a lot of, a lot of different opportunities. And I think if shop owners would embrace the training as much as we're trying to promote it, it would be huge. It would be beneficial for them. I mean, you're making money because of that. The comebacks so or the never goes, they drop. The revenue goes up. I mean, you know, Lance, it's a mantra that I have been preaching and or so have my guests over the 1200 plus episodes that we've done in the last eight years and in producing eight podcasts a week in the aftermarket radio network. But we, but training, training, training. And I love to take liberties like I just did by saying the word multiple times. And recently I wrote a blog on tuition. And what hit me so hard when I was listening to a speech just recently was the individual said, let me tell you about going to school and, and my tuition. And I said, oh my God, isn't that what we actually pay for? Why are we calling? Oh, I don't pay for training. I don't pay for my guys. They won't go to training. Why don't we just flip the think and call what we do in investing in ourselves and in our people paying for tuition? Instead of having a training budget, have a learning tuition budget. I love the concept. Maybe you coming on the show and pounding the heck out of it and people are listening says, listen, this is kind of a, a departure for me, but I want to listen to what Lance has to say about transmissions. And he's preaching training. Isn't this cool? I'll share something that I found out. This was a lot. So I've got six kids, so four boys and three of them are mechanically inclined, right? They're not in the automotive industry. They're in different industries. But my one of my son, William, he was an electrician. And then now he's working for an internet company. He has, I'm guessing, $30,000 worth of tools that he bought himself. And I remember he bought, he brought in, and he, he's a Milwaukee guy, right? So he buys this great roller thing and he brings it in. And he says, wow, how much does that cost you? 500 bucks. And I thought, you know, I remember my first toolbox, right? It was a 300 piece set from Craftsman with a, with a hundred dollar top drawer. Right. And his statement to me was I'm investing in myself. And I thought that's a good thought process to have. And I think a lot of technicians should consider doing that. It's beneficial to the shop. If the shop owner has that mentality for their technicians, investing in yourself as a shop owner is getting your guys trained. Investing in yourself as a technician is purchasing tools that you need to fix that vehicle the first time without having to, you know, manufacture something or rent something. I mean, I 
there were plenty of times where I couldn't wait for the snap-on truck to show up so I can buy the tool that I knew to fix the vehicle. So it really becomes a full circle in our industry on how we tie in our training with our experience, you know, with our opportunity to fix to fix transmissions and fix vehicles regardless of what they are. It's amazing. You said your son is an electrician and he moved to the internet style business. And I would imagine that in the world of electricity, it's pretty standard in that he would invest in X amount of his own equipment. I get that because whoever he worked for probably provided him a van with tools, but still in all, he wanted his own. Sounds very typical to our industry. But in our particular case, and we could go up on a tangent about not only paying for training, but for paying for all the diagnostic tools that a shop needs to do the job right, not expect that you are not paying enough to a technician who has to invest in a six-figure today, diag equipment, computers, et cetera, et cetera. I have been questioned multiple times in my career, which is the best scan tool to buy? <laughs> and you look at them, you go, well, what are you working on? What's the most common vehicle that you work on? The common is a more, more domestic or more import because you know, it used to be you get a factory tool, you had a factory part or factory scan tool, then you had Snap-on. And Snap-on has become one of the best generic options that you have. They cover everything from, you know, Globe. But there's so many other tools that are out there, so many other scan tools that are out there that at this point in time, when somebody says to me, hey, which scan tool would you purchase? I question, are you reprogramming? Are you just doing diagnostics? Are you just scanning things? I mean, what exactly are you doing with it? Because now you need four, maybe five different types of scan tools, and that could get into the six figures very quickly. We have done some episodes on scan tools. In fact, while back in 2021, which is a few years ago, Lance, we did three episodes, episode 629, 669, and 678, where we had a panel to talk about scan tools. And then recently, this year, which scan tool should I buy? And it was interesting. Tanner Brandt, Scott Manna, and Scott Shotton did come on the show because they were leading this panel at Vision, a first ever of a panel to talk about scan tools. And the place was packed and it was really good. So you're so right on your whole scan tool initiative there. So let's talk about Expo. You have mentioned Expo a few times. It's, it's your national training event and supplier Expo. When is it held? So it'll be held this year in Nashville, Tennessee, October 25th through the 29th. Let's see, we have a full slate of management and a full slate of technical. I think there's 15 technical classes that we're doing. Everything from beginner intermediate for your beginner intermediate guys to intermediate advanced it covers diagnostics, it covers internals, it covers drivability, our management guys. We've got a few guys that are in there talking about how to build shop pro profits, how to sales warranties. Bill Haas is one that shows up all every year. It's going to be at the Gaylord Opry Hotel. It's a fantastic event. One of the biggest things that you can get from these events, doesn't matter which one you go to is the networking that happens in the hallways. I mean, that's huge. It's it, the event is great. You know, you've got receptions, you've got lunches, you've got music, you got the, the trade show floor opening. It's a grand entrance. It's a grand time and fun to, ha to be had by all with the family. If you, if you decide to bring the family there, but the importance of the networking that happens in the hallway you can't measure that. 
And you can't get it from Facebook. You can't get it from Instagram. There's nothing like it, right? The buzz that you hear. And you might be walking by and somebody says, oh, hey, hey, you were here last year. Hey, whatever happened to that truck you were working on? And everybody's talking shop, right? And there's not a minute that goes by in five days that you're not talking shops. And by the way, Lance, shame on you if you don't network and you don't meet the person that's sitting to your left or right, or you don't talk in between coffee breaks, or you don't talk like at Vision in the Sheraton Bar. And we always talk about the Sheraton Bar is almost like a metaphor to networking. You don't have to go to the, there to drink because the place is kind of expansive. So you could get all kinds of good stuff going on in the lobby and in the corner, and you meet lifelong friends who basically share the same challenges that you have. I mean, like you said earlier about caring and curious. I loved that. In our industry, and I say ours because it's collectively, the automotive industry is the industry that I'm in. It's not as common to ask for help. It's not as common to go out and just kind of, hey, I'm Lance, how you doing? It takes an event like this where you're kind of, open to the challenge of what you want to get out of this experience, out of this career. I mean, I was you know, 19 years old and I had just gone to a different dealership and I was a dealer guy for 12 years, Ford guy. And this technician, Orville Brixey, never forget it, said, look down at me, big boy, looked down at me and said, how old are you? And I said, 19. He says, what are you doing here? Now I've got my uniform on, my name's on it and everything. And I said, change in oil and the quick service guy. He's like, no, what are you doing here? I was perplexed, Carm. I was looked at him. I just didn't know what he would, what he meant. And I asked him, I don't understand what you're saying. He goes, man, you're 19 years old. You've got the rest of your life to live. Get out of this business. And I was taken back by him. And I said, and I looked at his name, Platt, and I said, Orville? He says, yeah. I said, how long have you been in this business? He says, 25 years. And I said, and? He goes, I'm ready to get out. I said, huh. That's weird. He goes, why is that? I said, because I'm ready to jump in. I think that this business, the automotive industry is an honorable business. I think that it's important that my mom has a vehicle to drive to work and back. I can get the kids to soccer practice when they need it, that somebody's relying on me to help them in a time of need. So I'm sorry you feel that way, but I don't. And I've lived my life that way for as long as I can remember, you know, that if we don't care about what we're doing on a daily basis and we're not curious about things, I'm not really certain that this is the job for you because <laughs> because it's a big deal, you know? That's a great point. I love what you just said, honorable. And I also believe another word is professional. And Oroville had been tainted no matter what it is that he was not enjoying about his work. A lot of that came from the people he worked with, the people who he worked for, the culture of the operation, which is why we are so concentrating on developing a much stronger, better team, better pay, more profits, and almost like a family atmosphere inside the business because we can't afford to lose the people who love what they do but don't love where they work. And you're so right about us being an honorable and a professional business, which is why we work so hard here at the podcast to advance the industry and bring people up and encourage them to get on board with running a great business and not a hobby. Thank you for landing that. It's perfect. I think you basically summed it up. We are in an industry that people 
so rely on to give us safe and reliable transportation because it's the center of our lives. We've got to get around. No matter what Gen Z is going to do, live in a high rise and take Ubers everywhere. I get that. There's still 300 million vehicles out there that need to get serviced. Somebody asked me, do you ever get your vehicle serviced? I said, yeah. Well, I never see you without your vehicle. I said, that's because I never leave. I love my truck. I love having the opportunity to be able to go where I want to go when I need to go. And when your vehicle's in the shop, that causes stress, right? And people are already stressed. If you look at the last couple of years, it's been very difficult for a lot of people and the stress levels have, have all risen. We all get it. Now more than ever, our shops, I mean, I don't know what you've heard, but I know what I'm hearing. And every shop that I've talked to or every shop that we're hearing, they're swamped, they're busy and they don't have time. Some of them are like, I don't have time to come to the training class this weekend because I need a weekend off. And while that's good, what would be better is if the question was, and I propose this, do you have enough guys, qualified guys or professionals or, or shop techs to do it? No, I'm looking for shop techs all the time. And so we started working with our university projects. So we started going into universities, doing our training classes there to try to get younger guys more involved in the automotive industry and try to deter the comment that I made earlier. Why are you here? Well, I'm here to work on cars. Oh, you should get out of the business. No, we want you in this business. This is a profitable business. This is an honorable business. This is a business that you can make six figures on all day long, every day, every year for 30 years. It's just a matter of, do you want to do it or not? And when we're in these universities doing these training classes, we see these students and these instructors, you start talking to the students about this and they're already interested. They're there. They're greasy. Their hands are dirty. They, they're working on something and they got tools. They've got tool places and, and they know how things work. And what they want is they want to come out to a shop that is looking for somebody to nurture them and to grow them. And they need to feel that. Now, back when I was growing up, again, it wasn't like that. It was hard. It was rough. If you screwed up, you heard about it. If you had a comeback, you paid for it. I was on commission. So it was like, well, that's going to cost me. You know, I, I don't want to do that again. But now in today's age, we need to change our thought process as a technician, as a shop owner. We need to bring in people that may not have the skill level that you're looking for currently, but they have the potential. And that potential becomes diamond in the rough. I mean, that's what it is. You're right about the opportunities that, that our young people have and what they can make. Unfortunately, I do believe that some of them are getting out of school with too high of an expectation and not letting them understand that they're going to work for an industry that is going to be no different than the two or the four years that they're leaving. They're going to have to be constantly training, constantly learning. And if they want to earn that kind of money... They have to be in the deep end of the pool in order to get there. But if they have the talent and they get recognized and they become a perpetual student, I do believe that they have unlimited earning potential. And that's just my opinion based on what it is that I do in this industry and all the things I'm privy to hear about. Yeah. Nobody comes out of the womb. Great. <laughs> <laughs> you got to work at it, man. <laughs> I see this a lot, too. And, you know, again, with six kids, I've, I coached football for 25 years, so I've seen tons of kids coming through through my classroom and, and coaching with them. And one of the greatest things that I can give to them is don't expect, have a high serenity level, man. Don't expect people to, oh, you're going to get your first job, I want 20 bucks an hour. That's not going to happen. That's just 
that's poppycock, right? You got to really work. At, you know, what's your work ethic like? Well, if they got a good work ethic and they come in and, and they get that job and, and they start working hard at it, they're going to see that they're, they'll just automatically start making more money. That's the purpose of it. And if you, we used to talk about in, you know, through football and through games, you know, practice hard, practice really hard because when it comes to the game, it's, it'll be easy and, and wins and losses come. It's a game. This is very similar to that. You know, you're going to work hard. Sometimes you're going to win. Sometimes you're going to lose. But if your mentality is, I just want to be better than I was yesterday, you're going to go far in this, in this industry. You talked about when people are lose their car. And I think, I'm not sure if you use the word vulnerable or not, but we did a great episode with author and customer service expert, John DeJulius. And it was episode 807, where he talked about people being at their most vulnerable. They're standing at your counter. They're on the phone with you and your behavior. And also recently, you just said football coach, which is so cool. This week we released an episode. It actually is remarkable results, 855 with coach Rod Olson. And he is the a coach's coach, and it is an incredible episode that I believe everyone in whatever you do in our industry needs to listen to this episode with Rod Olson. You'll learn so much. He works with the Navy SEALs, and he actually coaches coaches. And he had been a coach very much like you, and he took all those principles. He and I and Dan Taylor had one hoot of an incredible, I mean, I, I walked away, I just couldn't write enough stuff down from what he was teaching. So thank you for driving those great drop-ins. And also, by the way, what do I hear about how people, how busy people are? Not as much as they were, say, say 90% of the industry was booked out, right? And it's now it's getting a little softer. It's, maybe it's graduations, maybe it's summertime, maybe it's inflation, maybe it's paycheck to paycheck, but not everyone is as hepped up as they should be, which is why we've done a lot of a lot of episodes about what is the new normal, what's it going to look like. And that's a hey look at I so enjoyed this. Uh, would you come back on the show sometime again? Absolutely, Carm. Anytime. Yeah, absolutely. Lance Wiggins, executive director of the Automatic Transmission Rebuilders Association, ATRA. And if you're not in the transmissions business, I think what Lance just described to you, it's about bumper to bumper. Yeah, very much is. And you want to check out our website, it's atra.com. It's a uh, consumer website as well. So you can get a lot of information from that. It used to be when we first launched atra.com, by the way, Carm, which is kind of interesting. We had, we had almost a million visitors per month through our Google Analytics. Now, obviously everybody buys ads in front of you now. So <laughs> you're, you're not as, it's not as cool as it used to be, but it gives our consumers an opportunity to kind of see who we are, learn a little bit about us, find a shop. We have our shop finder is one of our highest rated website locations that they go to gearsmagazine.com as well. So come by, visit us, talk with us. If you're interested in transmission rebuilding or interested in transmission diagnostics, for that matter, we're the specialists here. We're, we're worldwide. We're open from, I think, 5 a.m. Pacific time to 8 p.m. Eastern. So we're here for you anytime you need us. Lance uh, Wiggins, thank you so much. This was an enlightening episode, and I appreciate your passion for the industry, sir. Thanks, Carm. Nice speaking with you. Thanks for being on board to listen and learn from the premier automotive aftermarket podcast. Until next time.